Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Mainland Podcast, episode number 80. Yes, this it's podcast number 80. I am Michael Citro. I am the managing editor and founder of TheMainland.com. Joining me is David Rowe, one of our writers, the, uh, the writer who is well-known for his Pride Pub pieces, and uh, he tells you what to drink and what to eat on game day. So, uh, Dave, how you doing? Uh, I'm great. Uh, coming off a little mini vacation, but that's how important this is to me, is that, uh, you know, instead of uh, having my vacation go all the way through this evening, I, I came back early just to do this. So, so very important to me, especially number 80. Well, we admire your uh, your sense of duty and you know <laughs> <laughs> and your commitment uh, for sure. And um, you know, speaking of commitment, the uh, the commitment of Orlando City B finally resulted in the team getting its first USL victory of 2017. We have more on that later with our special guest Zach Carroll, center back for OCB. Uh, before that, we get to that though, we unfortunately have to break down Orlando City's first loss of the 2017 MLS season. Um, we'll start there. Uh, just give me your overall impressions of the game. Um, to me, they looked like they were twitchy. Uh, that's, the, that's the word that kept going through my head as I was watching the game. Um, over-anxious, something like that. They, they couldn't seem to um, make anything happen, especially in the final third. So, you know, the the... It, it was like something was a little bit off with, with everybody all night. Um, it wasn't any one thing in particular. I mean, they actually passing, they did, they, they did good. I think they actually had better passing stats than, than uh, the crew did. You know, mm-hmm. s- you go and look stats wise, it shouldn't have been as bad as it was, but that's where, that's why I'm saying it. It was just, there was something slightly off. Like they were a, a half a second, you know, out of sync uh, with the rest of the world. And that it, threw everybody off all night yeah i agree with you i think there was some nervousness uh, from the team going on the road for the first time playing a, a crew team that was very hot coming in um had won a couple of games in fact had beaten portland portland hadn't lost a game yet uh they played portland on the uh the international week uh, which was a bye week for orlando city so orlando city had played three games columbus had played five so it was a discrepancy in uh, you know not only ex- you know you know being in rhythm in terms of being in rhythm, because, you know, as a professional athlete, you get used to that one one game every week, and your your game routine, your game week routine is the same week in and week out. Uh, if you have those off weeks, then that, that messes with that. And then you compound that by going on the road for the first time. Maybe a little bit of nerves playing away from Orlando City Stadium for the first time. And, and it, that's what it looked like to me, is that everything looked okay until the final third of the pitch, where... Uh, guys lacked imagination or they just seemed to make some some strange decisions and um you know uh you get carlos rivas leading the break and instead of you know instead of trying to play in Laren or maybe uh taking a turn uh, and waiting for some other uh, numbers to arrive he launches one as we've seen in the past and kind of falls back on some bad habits uh then you got you know I think Matias Perez Garcia did that once. You had uh, Giles Barnes played a great back heel in for Laren, and, and instead of shooting the ball, he crossed it over for nobody. Um, sort of in between uh, the Rivas run and the run to the back post, it just was not not sharp at all in the in the final third, and that was a little bit disappointing to see. And uh, Columbus took, you know, they took their chances. They didn't have a ton of good chances, but the ones they had, Justin Miram made them pay. And and Miram is a uh, he's a good player. He's a he's a wing player, but he used to be a striker, so he's got a very good finish. Uh, and uh, certainly, there was the first time that we've seen Will Johnson victimized at, at right back early in the game when when Miram uh, got in and, and scored his goal. And then the second goal came off of a, a really a good spell for Orlando City. Uh, and it looked like they were coming into the game. It kind of looked in the second half like Orlando City was the more likely team to get the next goal. And then uh, Chris Nagita uh, just, you know, misinterpreted what Antonio Notorino was going to do. Uh, sent a ball way out in front of him instead of Notorino wanted the ball played to his feet. And, and the next thing you know, Miram's got it again and you're yanking it out of your net. So 2 nothing to the crew. Uh, but I think in some respects, maybe the, the scoreline's a little bit flattering uh, to Columbus. Yeah, uh, it was, um, like you said, they, they took advantage of the chances. I mean, they, uh, what, four shots, three on target, um, you know, but, and then two goals. So, I mean, that's, that's 
good stats if 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 that's what you got. But it, it does speak to the the limited amount of chances. You know, like we said, it seemed like Orlando City had gotten into the game after that first goal. They were maybe starting to to do something. When that second goal happens, um, I think that took it back out of them. Uh, so then you see, you know, then they're just trying to score from, you know, way out. They're not working the ball in. The, 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 they had given up on even trying to do anything in the final third. So it was, um, you know, it was. I'm sure it was frustrating for them because it was frustrating for us. Um, the other thing that I, like I said, Will Johnson, you know, did uh, get uh, burned a little bit, um, which, you know, that's not his natural position. You know, we can, you know, we can only expect so much of the man back there. He's, he's done well. Um, maybe being on the road first time, who knows, but, uh, the, the back line, um, was not as sharp as they'd been in the previous games. Um, not that they were, once again, not that they were bad. It just, everybody was just a little bit off. And, um, I think most likely, likely we can chalk that up to, you know, being on the road for the first time this year. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. You always you want to keep it going when you got a good thing going, and they had a week off for the international break and came out and just weren't weren't sharp. I think if that game's in Orlando City Stadium, maybe it has a little bit different outcome, considering the, you know if if the chances are about the same as they were, and, and all the other statistical uh, you know metrics are the same. I, I think maybe Orlando City finds a way to get a goal uh, or two, and and maybe uh, get something out of that. But um, we'll see Columbus again this year. And we don't have to go back to Mopre Stadium, which is where they, uh, you know, one of the places where Orlando City's never won. They've gotten a draw there, uh, but never won a game there. And, um, and two of those games failed to score a goal. So uh, it, it's not been the best location for the Lions to play. And and uh, they'll they'll regroup and and try. Uh, you know, it doesn't get any easier. You come home and play New York Red Bulls, and even though the Red Bulls are on a bit of a skid, they are still the Red Bulls, and they still have Sasha Kleshian, they still have Bradley Wright Phillips. Uh, a couple of guys who have torn Orlando apart in the past, um, Felipe as well, and, and just you know a really good solid team. And obviously they're going to eventually get it turned around. And last year they were one and six to start the season, and got their season going by beating Orlando City. So they'll be confident coming into uh, OCS this weekend, and um, we'll talk more about that in a bit. But I want to get your thoughts on who your man of the match was for uh, Orlando City in the Columbus Crew match. Uh, man, that is a tough one. Um, I know this was, this was the toughest uh, one for me too. Uh, gonna, you know, I, I'm going to have to go with, uh, no Torino. And the reason why is, you know, there wasn't it, there's nothing sticking out about it to me. Hmm. So it's kind of one of those, you know, there's when I'm thinking about the other other players, OK, you know, I remember them doing this and and uh, it not working out, you know, Rivas taking shots from from way out, et cetera. And, um, you know, we talked about the, the, the problems that we had in the in the final third. And then we, you know, talked about the, the breakdown in the back. Well, um, the midfield, that was where a lot of the good passing was taking place. So, I, you know, for me, it, it's the fact that I'm. I'm not thinking of any big mistakes that he had that for me, uh, it's, it's kind of the, uh, the best of the worst there, but, uh, I, I, am going to go with, uh, Notorino. <laughs> it's funny. Cause the, the Unimas announcer said that he was the worst player on the field. <laughs> um, I, I, but he you was, know, ra- I, you know, he was raving about MPG raving about him. And he had just, um, he had just, uh, when he came off, he questioned why they were why Orlando City was taking off the the player that was uh, played the best overall game on the day by far he said and just was raving about it and MPG had just literally ruined an attack by trying a shot from way outside the box and right it was just a really bad decision to shoot in that situation it would have taken something really special to to uh, to beat uh, Zach Steffen from that distance and it didn't even you know didn't even worry him at all so. Um, it was a curious thing that he was raving and raving about MPG. Uh, our, uh, our grades person on the, on the night was Logan and Logan picked, um, Giles Barnes. And that, I kind of, when I read that, I was like, really, I was a little bit, 
surprised by that pick. And then the more I thought about it, I went, hmm, well, you know, he did link up very well with Donnie Toya down the left side. He did provide some uh, an outlet from pressure by being able to keep the ball. Uh, you know, he did have that nice back heel that led to a, a chance that Laren kind of decided not to shoot. And, you know, he so he did do a lot of good things. And, and in a game where there wasn't a lot of distinguishing, um, you know, uh, things that, that put someone over other people, I thought that Giles Barnes was a fine pick. I picked Jonathan Spector because I thought that for the most part, uh, Columbus has a very Columbus has a very good attacking force. Not just Ola Kamara, but you know we saw what Miram could do. We've seen in the past what Finley can do, and, and obviously Iguain. And, and I thought Specter, for the most part, held down the middle and made things difficult. And, and Columbus really had to bomb down the wings and, and send in balls and, and attack from the flanks. And um, and I thought Specter had another solid game. It was maybe not quite up to what he had done in the, the previous game, but I thought, uh, for me, Spectre was probably Orlando City's man of the match. I, I, and, you know, I can... Uh, there's arguments to be made for both of those, you know. Uh, looking back, you know, with Barnes, okay, yeah, he... You're right, he did some good things. And then Spectre... Uh, for me, Spectre would be kind of like my Notorino pick, is, is that you didn't see... You know, the, that he wasn't where the action was. You know, it's the old, you know, if somebody's doing their job, you might not notice it because they're doing their job. Um, you know, nothing really spectacular or bad is going on around them. Um, you know, funny enough, on our, our grades, I think he had a 4.5 uh, versus a 6.5 for Barnes. But, you know, like you say, I, I, I think that's more of a them looking at it versus what they, you know, expectations were versus actual on the field play. Logan's a bit of a, a harsh grader, I've noticed. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, uh, he, is, I, but... I, he had several guys that I thought I would have put a little higher than that. And, you know, he had a few guys that I was kind of in agreement with him and others that I wasn't. But, um, you know, I'm a guy that I'll always give give people um, credit for being in the right spots. And, and even if they don't hit the target, you know, I, I got to take something off for not hitting the target. But if they're getting attempts, I would give them props for doing that because they're they're doing what they're supposed to do it's just not kind of that final execution is not there and, and will johnson led the team in in shot so i think i would have probably graded him out pretty good um despite the fact that you know he started at right back and didn't didn't have the uh the best game at right back but he also played midfield and and i, and I thought he was dangerous throughout the game in, in various ways so uh, but you know, we all grade differently. I, I've been accused of grading too high and I probably do, but I, I don't, I mean, that's just the way I am. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in the mindset that if I give you a seven, that's a seven out of 10, that's a really good grade people think. But then I look at it and go, but if you got a 70 out of a hundred on a test, what would your grade be? That would be a C. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I'm just using a different sliding scale than most people are. I don't know. But, um, you know, by the by, those standards, um, pretty much everybody on the field flunked. Uh, you know, by by what the way Logan graded. So I mean, that's the way <laughs> I look at it. And and so you know, everybody's approach is a little bit different, and everybody sees the game differently. Because I, you know, some games I've seen uh, people bashing, uh, you know, say No Torino or Carrasco, and I thought, no, I thought he had a pretty good game. So we all see things a little bit differently. And and uh, you know, the fact is. Orlando City suffered its first loss, 2-0 to the crew. It's over with, so we're not going 34-0 this year, sorry to say. Uh, yeah, well. So we'll start the quest to go 33-1 on Sunday against New York. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about the Red Bulls later because they're they're a, uh, a bag of, uh, of just absolute talent. And yeah. it's just a matter of time before they get it going. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, I want to turn our attention to uh, we keep it with Orlando City, but some off the field news, because uh, as we we had talked about in the past, Lewis Gill has come to pass. He is uh, an, an Orlando City player officially on loan from Carataro. He uh, that was officially announced today. It was broken um, a while back by uh, who was it? Uh, Julie Stewart Binks, I believe. Yeah. And uh, there was a story in the Orlando Sentinel. Uh, last night or on orlando sentinel.com and 
you know, when there's a quote from the GM in the story, I don't think you need to wait for the official announcement. I think <laughs> you're probably okay <laughs> reporting it. So uh, we knew last night that it was getting done, and it was officially announced today. Lewis Gill, a, a midfielder, is uh, joining on loan. Now, this is a, um, a situation where the, you know, the Lions had to get his rights from Rail Salt Lake. Uh, where he played under Jason Christ for a few years and up to 2013, and which that was his best year as a pro. He had uh, five goals and three assists that year, and, and Real Salt Lake went to uh, MLS Cup Final and um, CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, or no, no, I'm sorry, U.S. Open Cup Final. Okay. Other competition. Um, so, you know, he's got some experience in the league. He's um, He's been successful. You know, he, he caught on with the Liga MX side, and that's a, a very good league quality-wise. But he wasn't able to get a lot of playing time there. But Orlando City had to send uh, some uh, targeted allocation money to RSL. Uh, the the way it works is this. In 2018, Orlando City sends $100,000 in TAM, uh, TAM to uh, Real Salt Lake. Unless Lewis Gill does not stay with the team. Then it goes down to 50000 so uh, a pretty good deal to get his rights because uh, if it turns out he, he if it doesn't work out and he's gone after this year, not a huge investment. And if he hangs around and is a useful player, then 100,000 TAM in TAM is, is not that big a price to pay for a useful player. He's 23 years old, so still fairly young, still developing. And uh, he knows Jason Christ, knows Jason Christ's system, knows his uh, tendencies, how he coaches, um, his philosophies, all of that. So this is, in my view, pretty much a can't-lose proposition. I agree. And um, like you say, the, the cost is not that much. There is the option to purchase at the end of the 2017 season. Yep. Um, he, you're right. He hasn't had a lot of playing time uh, down at uh, uh, Cortaro. I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> it's all right. You know, you're yeah. a Yankee. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so, uh, more importantly, he's had um, MLS experience. So, 134 MLS appearances, 89 starts. Um, he's got 11 goals, five of which were with uh, RSL when he was um, there with uh, Coach Kreiss. Mm-hmm. Um, nine assists in total, three with uh, Kreiss, and then, uh, like I said, 11 playoff um, appearances with six starts. Mm-hmm. So, well, that That's, five and three was just in one year. With, he was with Christ a few well, years, yes. but right. That was that, that was well, all in that was all in 2013. His most recent year with Jason Christ. His most recent right. year in MLS. So his best. That was exactly. So that was his best year. Um, so. That's that's the key to all of this for me. When I when when we first you know read about the rumor, heard about the rumor, and then when I you know saw the news drop today, um, it, it goes back to and, and we've discussed this before. Um, Coach is bringing in the people that he knows and trusts that um, he knows will implement his view of how the game is to be played. And uh, Gil is another one of those players. So it's somebody that he's able to uh, bolster the midfield for. Um, yes, uh, Kaka will be coming back at some point, but, you know, I've also said this before, depth is good. And if it's somebody that uh, Coach has trust in, um, has experience in MLS, mm-hmm. um those are all positives. And like you said, especially since it's not going to cost us that much, at least, at least from what yeah. we can tell. And not no international slot. He's from California. Um, yep. It's, it's a, it's really a good deal in, in almost every respect. You know, the only bad thing is if, if it doesn't for whatever reason work out, if he doesn't uh, come in and find his form and whatnot. But I mean, he's, he knows what to expect. He might be, he might be one of the missing cogs that allows Jason Christ to go back to a diamond midfield um, he is, uh, like I said, he's 23. So you've got, uh, I think Giles Barnes is 28. I think MPG, I think off the top of my head is 32 and Kaka is 34. So now you've got an attacking midfielder who can step in and, and play now, but can also be a guy who could be a, a major piece moving forward when those three guys are, are moving on. And, uh, although he's the same age as some of the guys at OCB, you know, some of the first team guys have been playing uh, loaned to OCB and playing there. Um, he's he's a way ahead of them in terms of games and development. So, you know, it, it's it's a case where Orlando City 
went out, found a player that uh, could be useful, didn't cost a lot to get him, and certainly does add to the depth. So well, I, like say, you said, I say win-win. I, I agree. And like you said, he's in between. So, you know, Kaka, uh, MPG, and Giles Barnes, all 28 or older. Um, the guys down on, you know, OCB, you've got Danny Deacon, who's 23 also, mm-hmm. uh, Richie, who's 22, and Pierre De Silva, who's only 18. Um, so he can be that experienced middle guy that as – people retire, you know, move on, then, you know, if he's been able to work his way into the system, you know, get the playing time as we bring up the other ones, you know, as Richie comes up, as Pierre Silva comes up, um, then he's the, he, he becomes a, a transitional piece for mm-hmm. going from, you know, what we had to what the future is. And that, you know, that having that is always helpful. It's kind of like, this is going to be really weird, but dogs okay so whenever i i have dogs i always have one dog and when that dog gets old i get a puppy and because the older dog will keep will teach the puppy what to do and the puppy will keep the older dog uh younger for a little while and then when that dog passes away well i wait for the dog to get a little bit older and then i get another puppy why it helps with the transition <laughs> so i'm not saying that uh gill is a puppy but he's gonna be that good transition guy for us all right well uh Good deal. Orlando City midfielders are dogs, and we're just waiting for the next <laughs> puppy to come hey, along. Hey, but we, we <laughs> don't all die, love anybody. Dogs. We <laughs> don't. all love dogs. Uh, well, hopefully we won't have to put anyone to sleep for their hamstring injuries. Um, why don't we turn our attention to the Orlando Pride? They made a move uh, today as we're recording this, but uh, it will be uh, the day before uh, as you're listening to this, if you listen to it when it pops out. And uh, the Orlando Pride have waived one of the first signings the club ever made, and that's veteran forward Sarah Hagen. Uh, she's been released, and, um, you know, this is one of those moves where it could be salary-related. It could be as simple as opening up a roster spot for a, a potential Marta signing. Um, there's a lot of, of things that could go into play with this. Obviously, uh, Sarah didn't have a huge impact last year. Uh, but she did make 17 appearances, scored two goals, had two assists, and uh, only nine shots on goal. But what impressed me about her is seven of her nine shots, Dave, were on target. And um, she was a very good professional. Uh, it was always a pleasure to talk to her. We had her here on the podcast. And, um, you know, it's it's sad to see her go. But uh, until we know what Tom Sermani's end game is on this uh, on this move, you know, it's it's too soon to tell whether or not this is a good thing or, or a bad thing for the Orlando pride. It's all going to boil down to all the massive amounts of speculation that is going through anybody who's looking into this as head right now. Um, I mean, you right off the bat started with, Hey, Marta. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cause if you're going to, if you're going to dream, dream big. Um, you, look, Sarah was a consummate professional. I mean, she, uh, she played hard. Like I said, you know, we may not have gotten out of her everything that we would hope, but you, you can't take away anything from, um, her effort. Um, like I said, how professional she is and, um, just what a great person and representative of the team she was. So, you know, like you say, I have no idea what prompted all of this, what's going down. It'll be interesting to see, uh, what comes of all of it, but, uh, we do uh, wish her the best. I'm certain that she's going to be able to get on someplace. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, I mean, she she is professional. She, you know, can score goals. It, you know, she may not have been the best. You know, maybe she didn't fit for us. Maybe she fits someplace else uh, better. Um, but uh, the the really interesting part is going to be what happens over the next uh, few days, few weeks to see. Uh, what uh, what was behind all of this? Yeah, the veteran forward is, is probably not going to be out of work very long if she wants to continue on in the game. Of course, um, you know, it depends on what kind of offers she's getting because it's it's a lot. I mean, the women's game is not like the men's game. It's a lot tougher to make a mid to low salary in the women's game uh, than in the men's game. Uh, you can't really make a living on what the women make uh, at the lower and middle end of, of the of the NWSL pay scale. So. Uh, good luck to Sarah, for sure. 
Uh, I do want to say that I'm not just trolling uh, with the Marta talk. When I when I talk about Marta, it's not like when I talk about bringing Zlat, you know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic to, uh, to Orlando <laughs> City. That's, you know, pipe dream, you know. Um, Marta, actually, discussions have taken place. I know this for a, f- a fact. I've had multiple sources tell me that, that discussions have taken place uh, on that front and that a deal could be done. And, and you know, not, you know, Way better reporters than I am have talked about, you know, a Marta deal being, uh, you know, close. So uh, I'm not trying to troll anybody or get anybody ho- hopes up. This is, you know, any deal can fall through at any time. Um, or or the two sides could just maybe never come to the right agreement. So uh, it remains to be seen. But if, if this move was made, it doesn't necessarily mean anything for the Marta deal, uh, but it could. It could be a part of that. Um, in terms of freeing up roster space and and jettisoning you know jettisoning one um, attacking player for another, so it's just speculation at this point. But um, there could be something to it. There's a little smoke there. I don't know if there's fire, but there's a little smoke to it anyway. So, all right. So we've covered Orlando City. We've covered the Pride. We of course got to talk about Orlando City B first victory of the season. A 3-1 win over Toronto FC 2, and uh, I was in the stadium Tuesday night for that game, and I have to tell you, the I don't know how good, I'm, I'm tempering my excitement about it a little bit, because I don't know how good Toronto is, but OCB played quite well in that game, except for about a 15 minute, 10 to 15 minute period at the end of the first half, where Toronto was very dangerous, I'd say OCB basically handled the rest of that game, especially in the second half. And, and even after Pierre De Silva got a straight red card uh, with 20 minutes to play, you know, Toronto just never seemed like a threat after that. So a good win for the Young Lions, a, a much-needed win for Anthony Pulis, and, uh, you know, maybe some of the f- of the foolish and silly fire Pulis talk will hopefully subside now. Um, Anthony Pulis is down there doing what Jason Christ needs him to do, what he wants him to do. And um, he's he's coaching a team, quite frankly, that from one week to the next, he has no idea who he's going to be playing. <laughs> and it's not even his decision. So, you know, for a coach to take that on is pretty admirable, in my opinion, because you could go, you know, there's a lot of jobs in the USL now. And you could, with a name like his, you could go and get one of those jobs where there isn't that hanging over your head and where you, you would have the ability to to help find your own players to pick your starting 11 and stick with them week in and week out. And um, you wouldn't have to necessarily develop them for the next level, but he is doing that. He is developing guys for the next level. So that's what Jason Christ wants. And that's what this setup with a, with an MLS two team is all about. You know, uh, you're absolutely right. We've, we've talked about that before. And uh, I, I, I think we agree that he's doing a heck of a job down there um, doing what his job is supposed to be. Um, I actually did. I know you were at the stadium, but I actually did get to watch that game. Uh, first uh, OCB game I've been able to, to catch uh, so far. And I'm glad I caught that one. My goodness. It was a fun game to watch. The, uh, the lads were on the front foot. Like you said, other than that one little brief period, they were on the front foot the entire time. They were aggressive and taking it to uh, Toronto again and again and again. I think I even made a comment in our, our message board that uh, Laria was a beast. He was everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he looked like he had uh, he had a different speed than everybody else out there on the, on the pitch. Um, I mean, he was closing down. It looked like he was the flash. I mean, he was just getting <laughs> onto the ball. It was amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there watching him and I'm seeing him, you know, sprint, uh, you know, 20 yards to, to close in on the ball. And one of those, uh, I think it led up to one of the goals. He even took, took the ball away and, and they went down and scored. So, I mean, it was, it, it was so much fun to watch. They, they looked, they looked motivated and it may be that, Hey, after those two losses, everybody was a little, you know, itching. Um, but, you know, they were at home and they took advantage of the opportunity. And if if for some reason you didn't get to watch it, listeners, 
do yourself a favor. It should be on uh, the YouTube, USL yep. YouTube channel. Yep. Go watch it. It was a fantastically fun game to watch. It really was a fun game. And I'm going to back you up on Larea. I mean, Ant Pulis, after the game, you know, he, he talked about Larea and, and Haji Berry and uh, De Silva and Austin Martz and said that they were they were really fantastic in the, in the attack. And they really were. Larea had a passing accuracy for the night, for the entire evening, of 96.8%. Oh, for an attacking midfielder, that's insane, man. That's utterly <laughs> insane. Uh, and, you know, you could see the development in his game because Richie Larea is a guy who, if you, if you just kind of took a deep breath and really blew hard, you could knock him down last year. And the first goal that he helped set up, Martz played him, a ball and he took the ball probably about 25 yards by himself while holding off a defender last year. He would have been, he would have just been knocked to the ground last year and just, you know, shed like a, like a sweater when it starts to get warm. Uh, but he kept it not only kept control of the ball, but kept his feet. Um, he ran out of real estate. So he found De Silva on the left and De Silva just made a, a a nice, uh, perfect pass on to to Haji Berry for an easy goal to start the scoring. And, uh, oh no! I'm sorry. Actually, it was the second goal. The first goal was that it was a very interesting goal. Uh, that was the goal that uh, Paul Klaus scored uh, with his head, and uh, probably Toronto a little bit upset about that because the ball was was just getting into the grasp of their goalkeeper Angelo uh, Cavaluzzo, and uh, as he was catching it, uh, Klaus went up and, and just headed it right out of his hands and into the net. <laughs> so that was that was fun, and we were a little surprised in the press box that 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 uh, goal stood because, uh, you know, 99 times out of 100, they're blowing that whistle for the, the you know, saying that the, the keeper had it and you knocked it out of his hand. But, you know, kudos to the, the, the referee for for letting that play play out, you know, because when two guys go for the ball, I've always thought that the goalkeeper, you know, understandably gets a lot of protection in the game. But sometimes, you know, a 50-50 ball, they get a little bit too much protection. Um, and this time, in this case, they didn't. I'll be honest. When I when I first saw that, I thought it was an own goal that the keeper just dropped. Oh, really? That's well, that's what it looked like on TV. That's uh, it looked like it was it was a own goal that he just dropped. He had some help. In fact, I think Toronto two tweeted out that it was an own goal. I think they thought that the defender kicked it into the top of the net from the line, but um, that's not how it was scored. So it, it would have gone in anyway. So it would have been a tough own goal. Uh, after they allowed Klaus to, uh, to to head it, it was pretty much it was a done deal. It was going in the net. So uh, congratulations, he got the first goal for Orlando City B that wasn't scored uh, by the other team. <laughs> because as you will recall, the uh, the previous game Louisville City put one in their own net. Um, yeah. And then the you know the the goals the the third goal was set up by De Silva as well. And that was on Lewis. That was to Lewis Neal. So you've got a game where both of the defensive midfielders score a goal, and that doesn't happen very often. No, that's a little odd. You're right. <laughs> uh, Haji Berry showed uh, a tremendous amount in that game that he is not just a fast guy. I mean, yes, he used his speed uh, to harass the back line all night, but he, he had some moves. He he had one move where he nutmegged the defender, got into the box, and uh, you know the, the goalkeeper made the save. Uh, so it was a little bit unlucky that he, he couldn't put that one away because that would have been a tremendous highlight goal. Um, and he had another moment where he danced through, I think, five defenders in the box, kept the ball on his feet while he went around everybody, and then he had a shot blocked. But uh, Haji Berry was tremendous, and he has come a long way, I think, since last year. But it rem- it'll be, you know, remain to be seen what he brings to the first team, but he is, at the USL level, he is an all-star. Oh, without a doubt. Um, like you said, uh, all the attack looked phenomenal. They were in the right place. They were making the passes, as we saw from the uh, uh, the stats. Um, and uh, and they they were making. Uh, I, I don't want to be in too much hyperbole, but I mean, there were times they made the they made Toronto look silly. Um, you know, with some of the, the moves that they made and yeah. the decisions that they made. I mean, it was, uh, I was blown away by their play. And like you said, I mean, Haji, definitely an all-star at the USL level. And hopefully that bodes well for him 
when he uh, moves up to the first team. Absolutely. So uh, a big win. Uh, we're going to we're going to talk to uh, one of the players that was heavily involved in that win, uh, Zach Carroll, here in a minute. Uh, before we do, I, I want to sing the praises of another kid who I think is going to have a tremendous future. Uh, center back Leo Pereira uh, played a phenomenal game and he's the kid you may remember. He's on loan from uh, Paranaense uh, down in Brazil, the uh, partner club. Yep. And he played uh, left back the last game. Not a natural left back, but man, does he look good as a center back. He's he's so very comfortable with the ball at his feet. He had a couple of instances where, um, you know, he didn't have a lot of uh, an outlet. He didn't have a, a sure outlet, so he, he just carried the ball to the corner and managed to turn and fire it upfield in a very small amount of space. Very soft feet, it seems like. He's a big kid, uh, uses his body well. I, I think that he's... Uh, I want to say he's 21, so he's still a young kid, and he's uh, a guy who I think has a pretty bright future. Agreed, and he and Zach Carroll uh, played well together uh, on the back line, uh, and, and I, I know we were talking a lot about the attack. I, I want to um, give some props to to the defense because, uh, of course, when De Silva goes out, there was 20 minutes left on the clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, the entire team was able to, um, you know, they they went to a 4-4-1. They were able to hunker down, and at no point did it seem that there was any chance that Toronto was really going to be able to claw one back. I, they weren't able to, you know, have anything developing, uh, you know, out of the midfield, you know, pushing forward. Uh, Orlando City B was all over every ball. It was, um, you know, anybody goes out and you're a man down, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm always like, oh crap, here we go. Yeah. Yep. Um, but. Uh, you know, I'm watching it. I'm watching the clock. Five minutes goes by. Ten minutes goes by. Fifteen minutes goes by. I'm like, all right, we got this. And it's, you know, uh, ten minutes. You know, with ten minutes left, I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I wasn't even really worried anymore because they, <laughs> I'm not kidding. They were playing. They they were playing well enough. I, I was just like, all right, you know, I, I was feeling really good about it. So, um, uh, you know, some definite uh, kudos to. Uh, the defense for um, shutting it down, uh, not just that last 20 minutes, but you know, pretty much all game. Yep, a better game from from Kevin Alston than we've seen than we'd seen the first uh, couple outings. PC played left back uh, from the first team. He was a little shaky at times, I thought, but he he also made an, a lot of nice plays as well. So um, uh, it was a it was a good effort. I wasn't as optimistic as you. I, I know that. Uh, having the two goal lead afforded them a little bit of cushion so that they didn't have to be nervous and, and play uh, tight. So they were able to, to relax and say, okay, if we give one up, it's okay. But um, you know, they were able to play more relaxed, I think with that extra goal uh, in their back pockets. And, uh, and that was good to see them see it out like that. I, I, I'm so superstitious. I didn't even write my lead until stoppage time. Wait a minute. I know what the difference <laughs> is. You were at the stadium I was at home drinking beer. Yeah. That's, that's why I was more relaxed. Okay. Yeah. Now we've got to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, I'm just superstitious. If I would have written a lead saying that they won their first game, there would have been bang, bang, two goals in a minute. And I would have been like, <laughs> crap. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I waited till stoppage time to write the lead. I just basically did all the descriptive stuff and then, and then let left the lead paragraph till the, till stoppage time. So I could finish up real quick. And then, um, you know, as we usually do, we post the story, then go get quotes and, and throw the quotes in and, and add to the story uh, with a little bit of statistical um, stuff as well. So uh, good win for Orlando City B. And why don't we talk more about that with our special guest, Zach Carroll, coming up right after this. Joining us on the Mainland Podcast this week is none other than Orlando City center back, Orlando City B center back Zach Carroll. Of course, Orlando City B getting the uh, the, the first uh, victory of the 2017 season uh, earlier this week, uh, a big 3-1 win over uh, uh, Toronto FC2, another MLS reserve side, and and uh, uh, a nice showing for the young Lions. Zach, congratulations on the first victory with Orlando. It had had to feel good to get that monkey off your back. Oh yeah, thank you. No, it felt great. Um, you know, we we've been working real hard towards this, and to, to finally get the first first win, and hopefully the first of of many to come. Now, head coach uh, Anthony Pulis uh, was very appreciative of of your efforts, uh, as well as uh, Leo Pereira, 
uh, a fine showing by the center backs in that game. And can you can you just tell us a little bit about what it was like to go up against um, like Malik Johnson and some of those guys for TFC two? Yeah, um, you know those guys are they're definitely great players. Um, you know those those are the type of guys you you game plan for and um, and and gave us you know the rundown of them and uh, so that, you know that definitely helped us and uh, you know their tendencies and stuff and um, you, you know you, you get excited as a player to to go up a, against a team like that and to you know to, to show what you're made of and uh, you know it was, it was a great showing for the team and. Um, you know, I can't be can't be any more pleased with it. Zach, uh, congrats on the win. Um, of course, you guys were coming off of uh, two losses to start the season. Uh, what uh, changes, adjustments um, did you guys make uh, heading into the game? Um, you know, we, we tinkered with our, our formation a little bit. Um, uh, so, you know, that definitely helped a lot. And uh, we had a you know a sit down meeting with you know coaches and players and. It was just kind of it was it was a good thing to just get everything out there in the open and you know kind of talk about what we wanted to to be as a team and what our identity was. So that definitely helped us as well. And you know, it's the first two games. It was you know we had a a couple good spells here and there, and um, you know this last game I think all the all the pieces really came together well. So I think that's that's what uh, what really helped us there. And Zach, you actually had a hand in the in the opening goal, the first goal that Orlando City B scored for themselves uh, in the new stadium and and this season. Um, the play was kind of a little bit of a broken uh, play off of a off of a corner kick. Tell us about what you saw, and and I mean it kind of it, it was fortuitous for you because the first first guy picks up the ball and tries to kick it, it's blocked and comes right to you. Yeah, um, it, was, <laughs> it was it was pretty funny play. Um, it was a ball to you know the backside, and um, you know my initial thought was to try and head it back across, and I actually headed it right off uh, of Leo, and it, it dropped down to him, and then he he turned to try and cross it in and got blocked, and then uh, he did he did a very good job of sort of shielding the guy so so the Toronto guy couldn't get it, and it's just one of those plays where you just think oh I'm just gonna throw it back in the mixer and see what happens with it and. Uh, luckily, uh, I had Paul. Paul hopped on it and came at it with the goalie and took a took a good bounce our way. And it was it was a good first goal for us. Well, we were all happy to see it. I can tell you that. Um, the the thing, of course, we weren't happy to see was that uh, red card uh, warranted or not, depending on your point of view on De Silva. Um, mm-hmm. What type of uh, uh, what was the mentality change um, at that? You guys still had 20 minutes of, of game left. Um, you know, what was, you had the lead, but what was going on through your head? Um, you know, through our head, uh, it was just, you know, nothing, nothing's going to, going to phase us. You know, it's just another little bump in the road and, you know, good teams can take that kind of situation and, you know, just, just grasp it and, and take it as it is. And, you know, I thought the guys responded very well. Um, we, we, you know, we set up our lines and we made it very hard for them to try and break us down. And I thought we did a very good job uh, defensively um, after he got sent off. And I mean, the, the score shows, you know, they, I didn't think they had any real, real good opportunities after that happened. And, you know, it's a, it's a testament to, to the guys on the field. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys kind of dropped into a 4-4-1 there. And, and it, despite having the numbers advantage, Toronto was just lobbing balls in from distance. They just had... They had no uh, build-up play whatsoever. Couldn't figure out a way to, to unlock the defense. And I think uh, we saw maybe the beginning of a very, very good partnership this season between you and Leo in the middle. Yeah, no, I I, I enjoyed playing alongside of them, and I thought it was a very good uh, performance for, for the both of us. And as just a, as a unit, you know, the back four and and the guys in front of us as well. So I thought it was a very good team performance, and um, like I said, I'm I'm very pleased with it. Well, uh, speaking of uh, of making the adjustments, obviously, you know, coming in uh, to OCB, uh, you know, playing with the uh, guys, working on that chemistry. Um, how have you been adjusting to uh, the uh, Orlando climate, and of course, the uh, the beautiful new stadium? Yeah, no, it's 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 been a perfect uh, you know changeover. Um, you know, I, I actually I lived in 
I went to residency and lived in Bradenton for six months back in high school. So I, I had a little bit of taste of the Florida weather there. And, you know, I coming from a Michigan guy, you can't beat the weather down here. So that's been good. And, you know, the guys have really come together as a, as a unit very well. And, you know, it's guys, guys get along great. And it's, it's been, it's been very fun so far. Now, Zach, you obviously played with New York Red Bulls, too, a very successful team, um, probably a team that shows, you know, Orlando City B fans, you know, where you know where that team could go in a few years when the academy starts becoming a true pipeline uh, of talent for, you know, for not only the USL side, but for uh, the MLS side as well. What are some of the differences between the two organizations? Um, uh, to be honest, I don't, I don't see very, very much of a, of a gap between them. Um, you know, we, we've had many academy guys come in and train with us and, you know, they've done, done very well so far. And, um, so, you know, in the future, once these, these guys uh, who are coming up, once they start getting their opportunities, it's, it's kind of all on them. It's just about them, you know, making the most of their opportunity. And so, you know, I, I, I see, I see nothing but good things. Uh, in the future for this club. Well, speaking of opportunities, what are you uh, uh, hoping to? What are your personal goals? Where are you hoping to to be to do to accomplish with OCB? Um, you know, I mean, I, I want to win the championship. Um, you know, I, I had a taste of that last year, and you know, I was very, very lucky and very thankful for you know my first first year as a pro to be on a on the championship side and. You know, coming from that team, I want nothing more than for the guys on OCB and just the Orlando City organization as a whole to, you know, to, to have that same feeling. And, and so, you know, I, I really hope that, you know, we can, we can just keep on improving and, uh, you know, hopefully hit our stride here later in the year and, and, and make, a, make a good push for a, for a championship. Zach, how does the team, uh, or how do you as a player approach you know, being on a team where the lineup, you know the lineup is going to be different week in and week out in terms of who's starting, who's coming off the bench. There might be MLS guys starting, uh, you know, first-team guys starting a game here and there. And then, you know, back to the so-called MLS or USL guys. What is that like mentally for you, knowing that, that every game, potentially, you're going to have to play next to somebody different and, and, and sort of figure things out while – other teams like you know Cincinnati or Tampa Bay, they're they're pretty much together all the time and and, and able to to field mm-hmm. more consistent lineup. Um, you know it's it's it's. I mean, we we knew what we were getting ourselves into at the beginning of the year. You know, that's that's the kind of thing you have to go through when you're when you're uh you know a feeder team kind of like us and mm-hmm. um and you know your your mentality just has to be that you know I'm going to go out there and I'm going to perform to the best of my ability. And, you know, if, if every guy is thinking the same way like that on the field, no matter if it's a first-team guy or, you know, a USL guy or, you know, a USL guy who, who you know, might might see the field just here and there, you know, your, your mentality should be, you know, I'm just going to do what I can and and uh, give what I can for the team. And so, you know, that's the kind of mentality you have to have. And, you know, you just, as a, as a team, like I said, if, if everyone's got that same mentality, then, you know, the, the performance shouldn't really change much, you know, depending on on who's out on the field. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd like to get your thoughts on uh, on on coach and and his uh, obviously you're coming in, you know, new coach for you. Um, what's your take on how he does things, the system he's running, um, especially like Michael said, with, you know, all the guys coming in and out? You know, he, he's he's been a great coach so far. Um you know, I, I had a lot of a lot of talks with him in the off season, and uh, you know I I can't be any more any more happy with with Ant. And he's he's done so much for our team so far, and I think uh, I think one of the best things about him is he's just he's a great organizer and a great leader. He uh, you know he'll he'll give us what he thinks we need to do, and you know it, it's on us as a team to take his words and put it in action. And so. You know, Ant's been great so far, and he's he's really helped me improve on on the things I need to work on, and uh, you know, hopefully it's it's nothing but up from here. So I want to know who you 
like sort of idolized growing up and, and who you sort of modeled your game after what what players you know did a young zach carroll not that you're not still young uh a very young zach carroll uh look up to and, and try to emulate um i always i always loved uh Vidic of man united he is he's a beast and and uh you know he was he was always a, a great great passer of the ball and and his mentality always was, I'm not going to let you get by me no matter what. And, you know, he, he was always out there winning headers and, you know, guy kicks him in the face. He's, he's right back up and, and going after the next play. So, you know, I, I always looked up to him, uh, you know, growing up and, and trying to play like him. Beast mode. I like it. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> so, um, how are what are you doing to to emulate that? What what types of things are are you, what what parts of his game are you trying specifically to to make your own? Um, you know, I think uh, just the simplicity of his game. You know, he's he's not a center back where you're gonna see him try and dribble out of the back or you know do these fancy flicks or you know just he, he goes out there and he does his job and he does it very well and I think that's that's what I, I've tried to emulate the most is just, just you know, the, the simplicity of the game and not, not make it any harder than it has to be and and to just, just go out there and, and do what you know you can. You know, one of the hardest things, I think, for a, a player is to know where the the edge is, you know, how to play to that edge without going over. Obviously, yellow cards are part of the game. Uh, now that you've, you know, you, you've picked up a, a yellow card or two this season – you know, how do you manage, you know, yourself to try to play, you know, aggressively and hard, but still stay, you know, you know, safe from, you know, one of those uh, dreaded yellow card suspensions? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, to be honest, I've never really been put in a spot to where I've really had to worry with that. Um, you know, I think that, that comes as a mentality as a player where, I mean, you see guys like Philip Lom and stuff, you know, they go their whole career, you know, thousands of games and never, never had a, had a red card or been really suspended. So I think that just comes down to the, the mentality of the player. And, you know, once you hit that, you know, kind of fine line of, all right, well, now I kind of have to watch it. Now, now, now that's when your, your play comes in to where, okay, maybe I don't go in and, you know, studs up on a tackle or, you know, try and get that, that big slide tackle. So I, I think it, it just comes down to smart defending and not putting your, yourself into situations to where, you know, you, you could get, get hurt on a, on a yellow card suspension or, or a red card. Well, looking ahead, uh, Saturday, Charlotte comes to town. Um, you guys will be hosting in the uh, new stadium. Um how are you feeling about that game? What type of uh, uh, formation do you think we're going to see? And uh, um, are you are you hoping to uh, get on there on the other end and, and maybe contribute to another goal again? Yeah, no, I, I definitely uh, would would love to to get in there and help contribute. You know, maybe even to get a good, get a goal myself on a, a set piece or or something. But yeah, um, I think uh, I think you'll see mostly kind of a, a couple. of, couple new guys come into the lineup you know we, we've had a, a pretty tough stretch of you know games pretty close in time period so i think there'll definitely be a, a couple changes to the lineup but you know like we like we talked about earlier it's, it's all about those guys stepping in and and uh you know raising the level or, or keeping the level of it as it is and as it was for the last game and uh you know i, I think we're, we're very excited for the game uh you know getting that first win you know it's, it's kind of Kind of like a shark in the water, you know. You, you get the first sun of blood, and now you want more of it. So, um, you know, I think that that first win really helped us, and uh, it'll it'll definitely help us push for more. <laughs> I love it, blood in the water. All right, Zach. Before we let you get out of here, uh, just want to get your thoughts, uh, final thoughts on, um, you know, what you think the key matchup is Saturday against Charlotte, and. Um, you know, and what uh, maybe a couple of the guys that haven't been in the lineup yet that that we might uh, you know watch out for. Um, yeah, no, I, I think uh, definitely with Charlotte. Um, you know, going back to last year with Red Bulls, you know they they beat us 
uh, at our place. And then, you know, we, we went to their place and we're up a man, but you know, they made it super tough on us. So, you know, you're, you're going to see a team that's very well organized and, um, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to fight for the full 90, no matter what the scoreline is. So, you know, we're going to have to be ready for a battle with them. And, uh, I think the key to that is, you know, just, uh, just stopping, you know, their front six and uh, really, really capitalizing on the chances that we get. And, uh, you know, I think I think a couple of the guys, you know, uh, a couple of the subs that came in last game, I think we'll, we'll be put in the lineup. And, you know, um, to be honest, I, I'm not really sure, you know, what the, what the changes will be. But, you know, it, it'll be a great game, and uh, hopefully we'll come out on top. All right, Zach Carroll from Orlando City B, a central defender. Thanks so much for being with us on the podcast, and good luck to you this season. Yeah, no, thank you. All right, uh, thanks again to Zach Carroll for being with us, OCB center back, and uh, had a nice game on Tuesday night. The The Young Lions will be back in action Saturday night at home against Charlotte. Go out and see them. They need some support. I know that some people don't want to go see a reserve side, but uh, – if we get anything close to what we got on Tuesday night, it's going to be an entertaining game. Uh, Charlotte presents a little bit different opposition, but um, uh, there were only a little bit over 1,000, just about 1,100 people there on Tuesday night, which would have been a, a pretty good crowd in Melbourne, but it doesn't look that uh, it doesn't look that full uh, in Orlando City Stadium, uh, which holds 25-5. So uh, go out and see the Young Lions. Uh, you know, it's a lot easier to get a ticket for them. It's less expensive. And you get to experience the new stadium and, and see some of these young up-and-comers. And, and believe me, if Richie Larea plays anywhere near what he played Tuesday night, you're gonna, you, it, it'll be worth the price of admission just for that alone. So go see him. Um, Dave, we got the New York Red Bulls coming up on Sunday. And that's not a team that Orlando City has done very well against historically here the last two years in MLS. Uh, one win, three losses, and a draw against Red Bulls. Uh, usually it's Sasha Kleshchin ripping them apart in the middle and Bradley Wright Phillips finishing. Uh, this Red Bulls team, last year they came in 1-6, and six, uh, and that game was in Red Bull Arena, and Orlando City had a lead, and the Red Bulls turned it around pretty quickly and uh, went on to not only salvage their season, but went on a really strong run. I think they won like six or seven of their next eight games and, and just took off. Um, Orlando City needs to get back to playing good, solid, fundamental soccer and needs to finish chances on Sunday in order to uh, to avoid a similar fate. What do you see as the key matchup in this game? All right, so uh, the key matchup for me is going to be uh, Bradley Wright Phillips uh, being fed by Sasha against uh, Spectre and the rest of the back line. Um, I know we've picked them a lot, but this time, given the history, that is even more important. Um, if if we can keep them off the board or maybe to just a goal, I think that that allows uh, Orlando City to um, come away with at least a draw, maybe a win. I think that uh, being back at home, is going to and and having that first road game out of the win uh, out of the way and and everybody's nerves all up that we talked about earlier. I think that they'll settle down being back at home again and it'll allow them to relax and open up a little bit. So then well, uh, sorry about that, folks. We had a little bit of a technical audio gremlin creeping in there at the end of the show. Sorry about that. We will uh try to take care of that next week um anyway uh dave would uh would go on to predict a two to one victory for orlando city and uh i actually predicted the opposite a two one win for the red bulls i don't want to predict a win for the red bulls but i just think that bradley wright phillips and and sasha question have been a, a thorn in orlando's side and and the red bulls play very confidently against orlando so hopefully i'm wrong and hopefully orlando city will get a, a result at home but uh, I have my official prediction on record is 2-1 to the Red Bulls. Dave goes the other way, 2-1 for uh, the uh, the hosts. So uh, he also said that his uh, his key matchup obviously was the the back line against the Orlando City back line against Bradley Wright Phillips. Mine was the defensive midfield uh, against the uh, 
you know, the, the Sasha question uh, distribution and, and how they react to him. It's, uh, it's unfortunate. We had a pretty good end to the show, but had to redo it. <laughs> so sorry about the Gremlins. Uh, I did predict the Kyle Lahren goal for Orlando City because he, he tends to have good games against the New York teams, and hopefully it'll be the same again uh, on Sunday. So uh, thank you for listening. Uh, please, if you like what you hear, uh, give us a good review on iTunes and, um, you know, follow us at themainland.com. You know, everything we write is at themainland.com. You can uh, also uh, follow us on Twitter. At the mainland is our handle there. And we're also on Facebook. You can like us there. So please do. Uh, Michael Citro here for uh, on behalf of Dave Rowe. Once again, thank you to Zach Carroll of OCB for joining us this week as our special guest. We'll see you next week. This is Michael Citro signing off, as I always do, by saying, Go City. <laughs>